Our scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Psalms. In fact, it's the last psalm, psalm number 150. And um, as Crystal alluded to a moment ago with the children, the psalms were basically the songbook for the early church. That was their hymnal. Or if you will, that was their worship playlist on Spotify. It's the book of Psalms. And this is the last one, Psalm number 150. And before I read it for you, and, um, and we'll put it up on the screen, but before I do that, I just want to take a moment, and we're going to rewrite it a little bit. So we're, we're, going, to, we're going to change the Bible. Um, don't do that. By the way, you're not supposed to do that. You don't change the Bible. You don't rewrite it. But we're going to do that. But don't do that. <laughs> But we're going to do that. And here's why. Uh, I'll joke a little bit, but here's why. The psalm reads, praise the Lord, praise God, praise God. Over and over again, those are the lines. But the important thing to know for us about that is every time it says praise, that verb is plural. So what it doesn't mean you praise God or I praise God. Literally, the psalmist is saying to the whole congregation to praise God together. It's plural. And so when I say we're going to rewrite it a little bit, here's all I mean. Every time I read that and it says praise God, I just want you in your own mind to rewrite it a little bit and just put in front of it that wonderful southern colloquialism, all y'all. Okay? Can you do that? So that just as I read it out loud, you just have in your head, all y'all praise the Lord. That's, we, we can do that, right? So, um, so just have that in your mind as I read it out loud. Okay? We good? Good, here we go. And this is Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Did you do it? Did you have it in there? All y'all? All y'all. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise God in his fortress, the sky. Praise God in his mighty acts. Praise God as suits his incredible greatness. Praise God with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise God with lute and lyre. Praise God with drum and dance. Praise God with strings and pipe. Praise God with loud cymbals. Praise God with clashing cymbals. Let every living thing praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All y'all, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if you've been here for the last few weeks, you would know that we are wrapping up a series of messages, of sermons uh, that we've entitled, This is How We Do It, which, you know, you might recognize that from Montel Jordan's well-known song. If not, I encourage you to look it up. You'll enjoy it. This is how we do it. But for us, it's about the church, and this is how we do it. This is how we be the church together in the world today, the embodiment of Jesus Christ. And so we started a few weeks ago and just gave thought to our inwardly facing work that we do in nurturing and discipling for ourselves and for one another. And then next we gave thought to our outwardly facing work that we do, to be engaged in the lives of the people around us, to bless people in the name of God, and to make it known that there's a community of faith here where they could 
come and find a home and be a part. The outwardly facing things that we do. Last week, if you were here, you know, we just dealt specifically with the ministries we do with children and youth and their families and lifted the significance of those up for all of us. And, and you heard two of our teenagers that sat here with me and they shared about their experiences in the life of the church and how it's been formative and meaningful for them. If you missed any of those sermons, you can find them on our podcast or on our website. I, I encourage you to go and do that. But so as we've looked inwardly at those ministries and that work of the church and outwardly at that work of the church, today we're going to look upward. Inward, outward, upward. The, the upwardly facing work that we do towards God, specifically in worship with one another, like what we're doing right now. I spent most of this past week in Kansas City or a suburb of Kansas City at the United Methodist Church of the Resurrection. It's the largest Methodist church in the country, but every year they host a gathering. They have a conference. They call it the Leadership Institute, and it's usually intended to provide training and resources and encouragement and teaching for pastors and other church leaders. And so I went this year. I've been before. This year, they had it geared specifically, though, for the United Methodist Church toward the concerns that are in front of us right now about um, the topic of human sexuality and what we're doing as a church there. If you know, we had a vote recently this year about that. And, um, and the, that vote was almost split down the middle, which says to me and to a lot of other people that we're not all of one mind there about who we are and where we're going and where we should go together. And so as I was sitting and participating in those conversations and, and hearing the subject addressed, and I've had plenty of other ones, I had this psalm going through my head because that's what I would be speaking about and preaching on this morning. And it just occurs to me that maybe in moments like this, uh, and this is an example, only an example, but moments like this when maybe we're not of like mind or when we have a challenge or a struggle before us or between us, maybe... Maybe that's when we need especially to turn our attention and our focus to the worship of God. To, to turn our hearts and minds and lives upward, together, all of us. No matter what we think, what our experiences are, where we are. That somehow as we all do that together, as, as we all worship together, as we focus on God together, then maybe we'll see or find God in the midst of that in a way we weren't able to otherwise. And even find a way to continue on together as a church and move forward. Which brings us to this psalm. Psalm 150 begins and ends with praise the Lord. And then everything in it, every line in it, is praise God. Praise God. Worship God. And it's, to me, interesting that this psalm is a song just about singing. <laughs> it's a song about singing. It's, it's just saying, worship God. Praise God. Adore God. Give God thanks. 
doesn't say anything. If you think about it, it doesn't say anything about you're making theological statements. It, it doesn't say anything about like the Hebrew people being led out of Egypt, you know, the deliverance and liberation. It doesn't even say anything about Jesus is coming. It, it just says, praise God. Just praise God. It doesn't say anything about how your life's going or, you know, if you feel good about everything. It doesn't say anything about whether you got the appropriate blessing that you thought you wanted the other day or if you're getting along with everybody and and we all like each other. It doesn't say anything about any of that. It just says, praise God. And remember, it's plural, all y'all. So it's, it's us all praising God together. That there's something about you and me and all of us together praising God that matters. So our worship is a collective act. It's a corporate act. It's not a performance. It's not a show. We don't come in here on Sunday mornings when we gather to be an audience to enjoy the presentation. We come in here to worship God together. Now, yes, there are people who lead us, people who plan and prepare for it and execute it and make sure it goes as well as possible. We give our best to it so that it can be a meaningful, worshipful experience for all of us. The choir and the ringers, our organist, the, the pianist, Alan, our director, I mean, they're not here to put on a show for us. They're here to invite us to participate in the collective act of worshiping God together. And so the psalmist says, praise God, praise the Lord, and pull out all the instruments Right? The lute and the lyre and the drum and the strings. All of it. So as today as we celebrate our ministry, our work that we do upward, as we celebrate the music ministries of this church, we bring out all the instruments, the bells and the organ and the drum and the piano. I'm thankful for Clark who played the piano for us in that song we just sang. He He's part of the team that leads worship at 9 o'clock in here. And so I um, thought it was just good to, for everybody here to get a taste and experience of, you know, what's done at 9 if you don't uh, participate in that worship service or haven't been to it. We did the same thing at 9 o'clock, by the way. Our organist, Bill Calloway, played the organ at 9 o'clock, uh, played, a couple of, played along on a couple of the hymns with the other musicians. So we had a cajon and a viola and the keyboard and the organ. It was cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's all worship of God. It may happen a different hour in a slightly different way, but we're praising God together. And not only do we have those instruments, but we have, each of us has our own instrument, right? Our voices. We sing. We sing as a way of worshiping God. We lift up our voices to the Lord in praise. The psalmist says, let every living thing, maybe you've heard it, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. 
When we gather and we lift up our voices together, we are praising God. And I don't know what kind of singer you are. Are you a, well, some of you I do. Are, are, you, are you an out loud singer and wherever you are? Are you a, a sing alone in the shower or in my car? When nobody's around, I don't know. what. We do sing together at times, though. Birthday parties, we sing, right? New Year's Eve, maybe we sing. Christmas, we sing out loud together. Our college fight song, you know, we sing out loud together. We, so we do. We sing out loud. There's, there's something meaningful, powerful about singing together about lifting up our voices. It, it unites us. You know, we, we find a place and a space together where we find something that we share, that we believe in, that we want to be and want to be about. And, and when we express it together, somehow it, it gets, gives it strength in us. It gives us a place that we feel like we can be and belong to do that and to live that way and be that way and do it with other people. So when we worship together, you know, it's not just for us individually to get something out of it or to find meaning or to draw closer to God, but it does something for everybody. When each of us participates, we, we find something there. And, and music, singing has a way of doing something in us that nothing else does. Music's powerful. There's just something about putting words to a tune with instruments and hearing it and, and singing it, sharing in it. I mean, music has the power to soothe, to inspire. It has a way of putting whatever those words or thoughts are into us, inside of us, and they stick with us. They get in our brain in ways, even if we don't want them there. But you hear that catchy tune, that ad, and you just can't get it out of there, even if you want to. Music and singing has a way of doing that in us. Crystal shared she learned the presidents that way in the books of the Bible. You probably learned the alphabet that way. I know they teach the 50 states with a song. Like, it just has a power to it. A couple of weeks ago, Alan Barbie, our director of our music ministries, led the uh, devotion at staff chapel, or our staff devotion at our staff meeting. And... Um, and he, he shared with us about a song from uh, The Sound of Music. You're familiar with The Sound of Music? And particularly there's a song in there, Doe, a deer, a female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun, me, a name, I call myself, far, a long, long way to run. So, I need no pulling thread. Ah. A long, long soul, a drink with jam and bread, will bring us back to you. I'm telling you, they, it just has a way, doesn't it? <laughs> of getting in you and sticking with you. And if you're not careful, you'll sing out loud. <laughs> right? Music just has that way about it. We did the same thing in staff meeting. We started singing. We don't sing in staff meeting. At least we sing here, so it was a little bit more fitting. We don't even sing in staff meeting, but we did because it just has a way about it. And so the psalmist says, sing, praise God, play the instruments, lift up your voices, worship the Lord. 
There's just something about it when you do. And when you do it together, it affects you. We've got some challenges to that. I mean, I think particularly in our culture today, some specific challenges to being willing to sing, to worship God, to open up our voices. I mean, one of them is we don't teach it in school anymore. I mean, I, this is my understanding as I've sort of followed my kids through their educational process. Uh, we spend less and less time and energy and investment in our school systems on teaching kids the arts, including music and singing and instruments. It's just becoming less and less part of the curriculum because instead we want to focus on, you know, teaching our children to be competitive in a global economy where they have to know the skills and the blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, I, I know it's important, fine. Like, it, I, my degree's in finance, I get it. But man, there, there's something about lo- knowing, learning the value of the beauty of music and to be able to express it and participate. I thank God that when I was in the fifth grade, I got to have a role in the production of the HMS Pinafore. <laughs> I also thank God that that uh, VHS tape wore out. So, <laughs> so there's no proof that it ever happened. But, but it was good for me. But we don't, we don't educate as much that way anymore. So it's challenging for people to know what it feels like in the meaning and the power of singing and music. So I'm thankful that we do that here at the church. I mean, we, we have ways for our kids to learn to sing and participate in that and, and play instruments like the bells. It, it matters. And I think another challenge is in our culture today, when it comes to singing or music, playing instruments, like we, we treat it so much as a performance. You know, we, we, just, we, we think about musicians and music as something trained professionals do and we watch it or enjoy it. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I'm part, I love going to concerts and, you know, I, I listen to music all the time. But it, it almost feels like it's, that's all it's about anymore. I mean, we, it's, it's for the pros to do and it's for people to observe and consume. When in fact what the psalmist is saying, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your background, your training. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are. See, there's nothing about that in that psalm. It doesn't say anything about a degree or quality. It just says, praise the Lord. Y'all, all all y'all, just praise the Lord. Just sing. And the other side of that uh, performance thing is is then, though, if you're gonna, if you start to sing out or or whatever, you you got that thing in you that, oh, is somebody listening? (laughs) Is somebody gonna see me? Somebody watching, they're gonna hear me? Because we think it's about performing. Well, it's not. No, we're not in here to listen to each other sing. We're in here to worship God together and just let it be that. Let it be our praises being lifted up. It makes me think of King David in the Old Testament when he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel after it had been captured by the Philistines and, and they're bringing the Ark back in, which is the presence of God. David was so overcome with the power of his awareness of the presence of God coming in amongst God's people that it says he led the procession dancing in his underwear. Right? And he, and he gets into Israel and, and he's dancing and his wife sees him and goes, now you need to cut that out. That is terribly undignified. And he said, I know. And I would become even more undignified than this. 
to praise the Lord. Knowing that when he cast aside any of his worries about somebody watching or what people were going to think, because it meant so much to him that God's presence was there and he wanted to worship and praise God, that he knew that even that would make a difference, would have an impact. He even said, look, it's going to show that above all else, we want to worship God and praise God together. David Crowder recorded a song called Undignified. It's all based on that scripture. You know, the, the anthem that the choir sang just a moment ago after the scripture was read was written by a United Methodist composer. Her name's Jane Marshall. She passed away earlier this year at the age of 94. And um, she had written, composed over 200 pieces of sacred music, hymns, anthems, all kinds. And before she passed away, someone had interviewed her and was asking her about what she did and that work and why. Um, and I appreciate so much what she had to say. I'll just share this with you. Jane Marshall said, It is no exaggeration to say that music, which is a large mystery within the larger mystery that is the deity, music is always there to heal and inspire when everything else on earth falls short. I just wonder if our praise of God together with enthusiasm and with no strings attached, not an expectation of anything from God or dependent on anything from God, but just because of who God is in our lives. As we worship God in the sanctuary and out in God's fortress under the sky, here, there, and everywhere, all the living creatures praise God with every instrument, with every voice, with everything that we have. I just wonder if the worship of God this upward-facing activity of the church has the power to heal among us, has the power to unite us, to recenter and refocus us on the one in whom we live and move and have our being. So we worship. In just a minute, we're going to sing one more hymn. It'll be an opportunity to sing, to worship. I hope that you will. Give it a shot. Sing out. And as you've seen the different ways that we minister through music at the church, I want to encourage you. Maybe there's something there that, that you would like to participate in or support or share with somebody else. Please do it. As we worship God together and do this upwardly facing work. Maybe you'd like to share and participate in the choir and be a part of that. You are invited to participate in the church's choir to help lead in the worship of God here. Alan would love to have that conversation with you. Maybe, as we sing this last hymn, you hear somebody over there. Wow, they've got a good voice. Feel free to rat them out to Alan and (laughs) he'd be happy to reach out to them but all of it so that together we can worship God and praise the Lord. So we stand as we do that one more time. We're going to sing hymn number 139.
Praise to the Lord Almighty.